This is They Reminisce Over You. I'm Miguel. And I'm Christina. We wanted to take a minute to make a small request of all our listeners. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, or Podchaser, leave us a five-star rating. You can also leave a review as well on Apple, Good Pods, and Podchaser. Ratings and reviews will help us with discoverability, and we want to get this out to as many like-minded folks as we can. We want to get on the first page of these podcast apps. And to move up on the charts as well. So help us get the word out. Make sure to follow and interact with us on social media. We're at Troy Podcast on the gram and the bird. Also, check out our website, TroyPodcast.com. It's where we post links to a lot of the things that we mentioned in the show, as well as transcripts and themed playlists that supplement our episodes and more. Thank you again for your support. You ready to get into the show? Let's do it. Welcome back to They Reminisce Over You. I'm Miguel. And I'm Christina. And today, we're going to talk about the best-selling girl group of all time. And they ain't no silly hoes. <laughs> they are not silly hoes. And... If you haven't figured that out, we're talking about TLC. Yes, t Boz, Left Eye, and Chili. I should have played an air horn right there. <laughs> but we're going to stick with yours. You want to just get right into it? Let's do it. So let's just start at the beginning. Okay. The very beginnings of TLC, mm-hmm. or as they were known at that time, Second Nature. Uh, it was put together by a young lady by the name of Crystal Jones, who was looking for a singer and a rapper to join the group that she was trying to put together. Mm-hmm. Basically, she wanted to be like the female version of Belle Biv DeVoe. Two people answered the call. t Boz, who was just going by Tion at the time, and Lisa Left Eye Lopez. They were the ones who were chosen to join her in this group. They had a connect through T-Boz's job, mm-hmm. who hooked them up with an audition for Pebbles. She liked him. She wanted to sign him to her multiple companies, which we're going to get into later because <laughs> that ends up being a problem. And she changed their name from Second Nature to TLC to reflect the initials of the three ladies, T for Tian, L for Lisa, and C for Crystal. Not Chili. Chili's <laughs> Not nowhere chilly. to be found just yet. Not yet. She came on a couple months later. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you read this or knew this, but Crystal says she was kicked out of the group because of asking too many questions about contracts and whatnot. Mm, I just read that earlier today. That's not what T-Boz said. T-Boz says this happened before the contracts were even brought into play. I think it was somewhere in the middle that the truth is a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I just saw a little snippet just before we started recording that I think it was T-Boz. Well, maybe it was Chili who said, I'd be mad if I got kicked out of my own group, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like You started the group and then they kick you out and go on to multi-platinum success. That would suck. Yeah, I'd be a little salty, too. <laughs> Did you happen to listen to their first appearance on 60 Seconds by Damien Dane? I did not. It's very quick. They got in, got out. They had a couple lines and that's it. It was just when they were still a duo. It was just mm-hmm. T-Boz and Left Eye. And ironically, Chili was one of Damien Dame's backup dancers. Mm-hmm. And that's how they ended up finding her and bringing her in. Okay. But my question is, what was she doing as a backup dancer around LaFace and nobody knew she could sing? <laughs> that, that just seems like a waste to me. Maybe she was pursuing dance at the time in... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just think it's funny that she was there. Right. And it took them two months to find her. Like, I don't know. 
But their first appearance as a trio was on a Jermaine Jackson song, of all things, called <laughs> Rebel With A Cause. Oh. <laughs> it was on his only album that was on LaFace. So they are on that one. And I believe they did some <laughs> packing vocals on his disc record towards Michael as well. Oh, God. <laughs> Word to the bad. Bad with two Ds. Word to the bad. <laughs> yes. Because people say things like that. I wonder who that could have been about. Mm-hmm. So that leads us to their first album. Ooh, on the TLC tip. <laughs> you got to say it like that. Yeah, you do. Because there's like <laughs> how many O's in it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven O's and three H's. Yep. <laughs> so, ooh, on the TLC tip. <laughs> oh, man. So we've talked about our musical journeys right. several times on this show. Mm-hmm. The different things we were listening to. So where did TLC fit into what 13-year-old Christina was doing in 1992? Well, this fit right in because of i think was this around Bellby devote had already been out yeah yeah because as you were saying in the intro i was thinking about this and one of the questions you posed to me in preparation for this was how did tlc influence girl groups that came after them and i was thinking about girl groups in general i'm like they're not even really like girl groups i'm like they actually kind of remind me more of like a bell bib devoe right so come to find out that was kind of the point yes (laughs) that's what they were going for yeah so i guess it worked because consider it a success yeah so i mean i was already listening to bell bib devoe and just i don't know whatever else was around the time it fit right in even though they were young adults they were fun they were colorful they were cool they were confident so it's things that a 13 year old me would like right I used to wear my hair in a bun like left eye all the time too. And of course, <laughs> of course, all the, the bright clothes and whatnot. It fit right in with everything else. <laughs> For me, I actually thought they were the same age as me because I was 17 at the time. Yeah. So I just thought they were some sassy ass high school <laughs> students. Those fast ass girls that my grandma was talking about. I could see that. To tell you the truth, I'm not sure if I realized they were adults. I think I knew they were at least older than me, but I don't remember if I thought they were maybe older teenagers. I just thought they were (laughs) high school students and realizing later that they were just small women (laughs) (laughs) because they're like five, six years older than me. The original three (laughs) LW? Exactly. (laughs) So I didn't even realize until probably like TV interview or a magazine interview. It was like, wait a minute, they're this old Uh had no idea well considering they made safe sex a part of their image with wearing condoms on their clothes i would hope that they were at least adults (laughs) yeah but um, when you're a kid you don't really think about that kind of stuff like i said i was 16 17 at the time so they looked like high school girls right (laughs) i just thought they were progressive yes you're like teenagers have sex yeah i was all for it (laughs) (laughs) like wait a minute they're out here doing songs about sex and fast ass girls, they're these fast ass <laughs> high school girls. This is right up my alley. This is playing into everything that I wanted high school to be, not realizing that they're it adults. wasn't high school and they were probably college age. <laughs> oh, well, the appeal was still there. It was. <laughs> well, I mean, they had a lot of young fans. I'm sure they had fans their age, too. But I was just watching clips of one of their performance. Left Eye's doing her part on Ain't Too Proud to Beg about the hard, how does the line go? Three inches or a yard, rock hard Hard. if it's sagging. Yes. And there's just all these kids singing along and she's all, 
hey, who ain't too proud to beg? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, wow. I mean, if I was there, I would have been chanting ain't too proud to beg too. Of course. Again, as a teenager, like you don't think about these kinds of things. You're just like, I'm grown. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I don't know exactly what she means by ain't too proud to beg, but I can sing along. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, the first album, it was really big. It was surprisingly big compared to other groups that were out at the time. There was no like slow build with TLC. Right. They came out of the gate making hits. Yes. Ain't Too Proud to Bag. It's all over TV. It's all over BET and MTV and whatnot. It's all over the radio. What were your thoughts on the first song? I mean, I loved it right away. Like I said, they were different from girl groups in general. Right. Because they had two lead singers and a, a rapper. Like, you don't usually see a lineup like that. Yeah. Usually it's like a lead singer and the other two kind of harmonize with them. Right. <laughs> and this is during that era where, you know, we always talk about, we were so hopeful in the early 90s. Like, in the <laughs> in the 90s, you know, women can do all these things and everything's going to be great. So they kind of represented that. And I think because this album came out in 92, it still had that New Jack Swings where everything was like really upbeat party centric before we moved to 93 and everything got a little more gray yeah (laughs) (laughs) we traded in our cross colors for like plaid and combat boots (laughs) (laughs) even though they were wearing the doc martens on this they were but they were pairing it with like yellow jeans and red and gold hats yeah so i think for me at that age it fit right into that entryway of getting into more r&b and hip-hop and stuff because even though they sang about adult things there's still a lot of appeal for a younger person yeah it just seemed fun yes overall they were fun yeah and i was listening to it the other day for the first time and who knows how long and a lot of it doesn't hold up because it (laughs) is very new jack swing heavy but the singles are still surprisingly good yeah Like, I'm sure you could throw these on at a party or at a club and they would still go off. Baby, baby, baby. You put them in an old school set with what about your friends and it's still going to pop. For me, baby, baby, baby. Well, my favorite song off the album and that still holds up for me. That was their first number one single. Mm. I took your shine. (laughs) Dig into the 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 billboard billboard stuff. That's okay. That's okay. (laughs) Ain't Too Proud to Bag was number two and baby, baby, baby went to number one. I'm actually surprised that Ain't Too Proud to Big went that high. Yeah, right out of the gate, they went to number two. Hey, I'm looking at the Billboard Hot 100, and it says Ain't Too Proud to Big peaked at six. Uh, where am I? Now, are you looking at Hot 100, or are you looking at another chart? Oh, no, I got them mixed up. Okay. It was number six, but it's still top ten. It's still good. <laughs> For your debut single. And it's a new Jack swingy sound from three girls. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's still pretty good for a new act. Exactly. Yeah. And then Baby, Baby, Baby peaked at two on the Hot 100. And then what about your friends? I think that held up pretty good. Yeah. I think of the three, Ain't Too Proud to Beg might be the most dated. Easily. So the album, like I mentioned, was pretty successful. Mm -hmm. They sold like four million copies. I believe today it stands at about six million sold. All right. Things are going well for them professionally. They got all of these hit singles. Mm-hmm. And then Lisa burns down Andre Risen's house. She does. That was the first glimpse into how erratic she could possibly be. Because at this point, we really didn't know much about them personally. I don't even remember it that way. Like, I remember it. But when I was just, I ended up watching her documentary. And when they said, and then they came back and recorded Crazy Sexy Cool. I was like, wait a minute. 
this happened <laughs> before? Like, I remember yep. it happening after. Nope. <laughs> Just because I think my memory of it happening after was because I was like, they were superstars by that time. But I guess I didn't realize how big they were yeah. after the first album already. Yeah, they were huge <laughs> then. And she burned his house down. It after. was an accident. It was an accident. The fire wasn't. But the burning yeah. the house down was. The fire was intentional. and <laughs> She just didn't think it would spread. <laughs> yeah, apparently the story goes that she set something else on fire in that same bathtub mm-hmm. previously. Okay. She burned up some teddy bears and some other stuff that he gave her. But he ended up switching the tub out because it was damaged. It was a marble tub. Oh. He switched it with a fiberglass tub. So this time the shit went up in flames. Yeah. And I can imagine her standing there. Like, I've done this shit before. Like, this didn't happen the last time. And like, oh shit, what am I going to do now? Yeah. And it was bad. <laughs> yeah. Like the entire top floor just gone. <laughs> oh man. I, I don't mean to laugh because apparently they had a tumultuous relationship yeah. and some of this stuff was warranted. Mm-hmm. But her thinking that she could burn his stuff a second time (laughs) is pretty fucking funny. She's like, I did this before. (laughs) In the documentary, she talks about it. And she's just basically explaining what led her to that breaking point. Like you said, they had a tumultuous relationship. She decided she was going to go out with her girlfriends and stay out late just to piss him off because she said he was very protective of her and wanted her to stay home and blah, blah, blah. And she came home at five in the morning. And he wasn't home yet. So now right. she's mad because like the whole point of me staying out late was to piss him off and he ain't even here. <laughs> and then he pulls up like five minutes after and she's still in the driveway and they start arguing, fighting. The fight moves into the house. And then she says she went to the closet and just saw all these new shoes that he had bought. I don't see one size four in here. He didn't do <laughs> nothing for me. Not even buy me some tennis shoes. That was her breaking point. Right. So she grabbed the shoes and burned them. So I don't think in her mind, even though she had burned something there before, I don't think she was fully aware of like, I'm just going to burn a little pair of shoes and right. it'd be cool. So leading into the Crazy Sexy Cool album, mm-hmm. because of her legal issues and being sentenced to like jail time and court ordered rehab. Mm-hmm. Oh, she only got probation. Uh, she did have to serve some time in oh. rehab. Oh, yeah, yeah. She had to serve in rehab. Yeah. So she really wasn't around to record as much on this album. Mm hmm. So that's why she's not on as many of the songs as she was on the first one. But that didn't stop them from making more hits. Not at all. They continued the train and got even bigger and possibly being like one of the biggest acts in the world with that second album. Yeah, because I saw the stats that they're like the biggest selling girl group, but I'm not sure if it's like American girl group or R&B or whatever. Just all time. Okay. (laughs) They are at the top of that list. Wasn't sure if there was any asterisk next to it. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) All right. I'm going to say that was thanks to Waterfalls. It was, (laughs) but Creep also went to number one on the Billboard chart as well. True, true. And Red Light Special was like top three. Mm -hmm. Digging on You was top four or five as well. So they still had hits even outside of Waterfalls. I think that's just the one that kind of sticks. Yeah, that's by far their biggest record. Yeah. For me... It has gone into the this is how we do it category. It's not that bad. I can't hear it anymore. I can't do it. I'm not a huge (laughs) fan of it either, but I'm not going to turn it off if it comes on. I probably would if I could, (laughs) which is not to say that it's a bad song. It's just it's one of those that just became this thing. But 
Creep is my shit. Yeah. <laughs> Creep with the those silk pajamas in the video. <laughs> well, just like I mentioned in our Where My Girls At episode, mm-hmm. that's the video where Chili hit that mean ass backspin. Yes, that you love so much. <laughs> because it's great. Yeah. And Red Light Special and Let's Do It Again. I like when Chili gets a chance to flex her singing chops a little bit more. Yeah. Like, I think it the album held up pretty good. Yeah, it's significantly better than the first album Mm -hmm. and it still sounds good because like i said i listened to it a couple days ago as well and it's still pretty fucking good and they got a andre 3000 verse on there so that doesn't hurt yep you got fife opening the album yes yes well they had to fill some space with (laughs) left eye not being around so let's bring in a couple other rappers yeah let's bring in some ringers to fill in the gaps and have diddy come in and do some skits (laughs) right I was watching an interview with Dallas Austin mm-hmm. on Questlove Supreme, and he was just talking about the making of that album. Mm-hmm. And because the first one blew up so much, that's when everybody at the label decided they wanted to get in on it. Okay. He's like, they were pretty much left to their own devices on the first album. Right. This go around is when LA and Babyface are like, okay, we got to have this song placed here and right. this producer doing this and this guy doing that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, just let us do what we do. <laughs> but eventually they ended up like working it out where he became like the main producer and oversaw the entire project, okay. but they still had the outside producers like Diddy and Organized Noise and right. Chucky Thompson and whatnot. But it was still a Dallas Austin project, Dallas Austin TLC project. Mm -hmm. I felt that they were really big after the first album, but this is where they became global stars. Yeah. And even in the documentary, Lisa, a.k.a. Left Eye, said herself, she was like, well, since the whole burning the house down stuff became such a big story, she was like, let's just go with it. And they would use that as part of their promo. Like, (laughs) I remember that vibe cover with them in fireman suits. Yeah. She actually got in trouble for that. Oh, really? Yeah, because she was on probation. And I read something that Chili was mentioning that when they showed up, they had like policeman outfits. They had fireman outfits. (laughs) They had something else. Yeah. And didn't even think about Lisa burning the house down (laughs) when they were choosing these. What? I thought this was on purpose. No, it was an accident. She said not until it came out. (laughs) And they started getting the backlash from it when she realized, oh, shit, we shouldn't have done this. So the judge was like, she's rubbing this shit in our faces. <laughs> and I think she ended up getting more time added to oh, her, no. her uh, probation because of it, because they're like, you're not taking this seriously. You just burned this man's house down. And here you are doing a magazine cover wearing a fireman's outfit. <laughs> oh, man. I thought that was on purpose. No, it was, it was an accident. <laughs> It was a happy accident, but an accident nonetheless. I was like, left eye is wild. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and this kind of plays into the the myth of left eye. Right. Like, of course you would burn this man's house down <laughs> and then wear a fireman's suit on a magazine cover. Oh, man. So what did you think about them at this point? Had you become a bigger fan or was it still pretty consistent? I think I became a bigger fan. I think it's one of those things where like with Aaliyah and Monica, where there were artists that came out that felt kind of sort of the same age as me. It's like you feel like you grow with them. Right. And so with this album, it's definitely more mature than the the previous one. And I think that I grew with it, too. They were still fun, but this album just sounds better. Yeah. Like this one's more more musical. <laughs> <laughs> it's elevated. It's elevated, yes. 
So I would say I prefer this album over the first one. And I think this one also stands the test of time a little bit better. Also, 94 was what a time, right? (laughs) (laughs) Fife was on it. Andre 3000 was on it. Diddy's on it. So you have the usual suspects like the Dallas Austin produced tracks. But then you have just all these other artists and producers and whatnot that was doing stuff at the time, too. So it's kind of like all your faves are together. I need to go back and listen to Waterfalls because apparently CeeLo is on the background vocals as well. I didn't know that until today. Well, speaking of background singing, I was listening to Let's Do It Again and I heard a background vocal. I'm like, I know that ain't one of them. And I looked it up and it was Babyface, obviously. Oh, yeah. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) But I had never noticed that before. And we talk about this all the time. Better headphones. (laughs) Right. Apparently he's on uh, Red Light Special too, but I can't, he's not as clear on that one. Yeah, there was one on the first album that I picked him out as well. It's blatantly obvious too. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I've never noticed this before. Yeah, Let's Do It Again is pretty, pretty obvious. Yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the album cuts. It wasn't like a single or right. anything. Okay. But yeah, he was on that as well. Okay. I think this is a good place for us to take a quick break and we will be right back. Are you enjoying this podcast? Hell yeah. If you're enjoying it as much as he is, there's a couple things you could do. Feel free to drop some coins into our collection plate at coffee.com slash Troy Podcast. And that's coffee as in ko-fi.com. Link is also in the show notes. We're self-funded, so any support would be appreciated. And if you don't have any extra coins to spare, just leave us a five-star rating or review. Like J-Lo's love, it won't cost you a thing. You're just sitting at home on the couch anyhow. (laughs) All right. Back to the show. Okay, we are back and we're going to get into their next album, the third album, Fan Mail. That did not hold up the test of time. Well, Well, okay. No, no, let me take that back. I mean, the sort of the the fan mail skits because it's very um, what you think the future is going to sound like. Right. (laughs) Those little skits and stuff. I was like, oh man, this sounds so like we're the future. <laughs> and then you get to the future and you're like, the future is nothing like this. It one. isn't. <laughs> Apparently that was Left Eye's idea okay. to name the album Fan Mail. Yeah. Because of all of the fan mail they were getting in the support right. of her burning down houses and whatnot. <laughs> yes. And having issues with not getting paid correctly. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to thank the fans. And I'm not going to keep this part in okay, because it's a bit much. So Dallas Austin said that she came up with the idea of mm. fan mail. Okay. And she wanted to have the computer voice and all this yeah. stuff. But she also wanted to do a second part called fan2c.com. And he's like, what is that? Mm-hmm. It's like, we going to get on the internet and be playing with ourselves and people oh. can pay for it. Oh, so she <laughs> thought of OnlyFans. She came up with OnlyFans years ago. And him and the other girls were like, nah. We ain't doing that. I think you should leave this one. Okay, I can. Okay, so she is a visionary. She, This is what she wanted to do. And they're like, we're not doing that. So he said, this is when she quit the group a second time. Oh, so that's why there is that computer generated voice okay. throughout the album, because he had to replace her. Oh, so, and I didn't even notice this until today on Silly Ho. That's not her rapping. I thought it was her voice chopped up that way. Right. He said that he had to make that rap himself with the computer, <laughs> just using one word at a time because she had quote unquote quit the right. group. Right. Damn. In protest of not being able to do fan to see.com. I really wish I could have been a friend of Lisa Lefty Lopez. 
because she sounds like a handful yet fun as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they didn't enjoy it a lot of times, but she sounds fun. Oh, man. But eventually she came back yeah. and she was on the album. But this album itself had a lot of issues. Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned, they were having the problems with Pebbles and not getting paid. Right. They had issues with Lisa and her legal stuff. Mm -hmm. And then Dallas Austin decided he wanted more money. Which had to be an issue because he was dating, he was dating Chili. Chili at the time. And they had a child. Already. They had a child. They were living together. Mm -hmm. And he decided that he wanted creative control of the entire album and he wanted $4 million to do 4 it. 4.2, I believe. 4.2. <laughs> so all of this is happening right. before they can even get into the studio. So let's go back a little bit. Okay. Let's go back to 32 years ago today. February 28th, 1991 is when they signed their deal with Pebbles. Oh. Here's the problem. Okay. She was the production company. Mm -hmm. She was their management company. She was their publishing company. Okay. And then got them signed to her husband's label. All right. Sounds like a little bit of conflict of interest. She got her hands in every single jar. Everything. <laughs> Damn. And apparently by the end of... The second album, they had generated like $75 million or whatever. Mm -hmm. They were making like 50K a year. That's crazy. $50,000 a year after selling all of those records. And that's why they had to file for bankruptcy. They could have just got a job at the local. Basically. Whatever. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> just be a civilian if yeah. you got to deal with all this shit. So, yeah, that's a huge conflict of interest to have mm -hmm. your manager own the production company and own your publishing as well. And then have you signed to your husband's label. So it took them like two years to work all of this stuff out. They had to pay her $3 million to leave her <laughs> management company. Right. And then another 2 million for the name TLC. Right. They ended up getting an advance from LaFace for 10 million. But if you got to pay her 5 million mm. just to get your shit together, that's leaving five for them to split three ways. Right. And Tax and taxes. So they got a little bit of money out of mm -hmm. the deal, more than they were getting before. But still, that's a, a shitty situation to be in. I saw an interview where they said that they uh, held Clive Davis hostage <laughs> <laughs> because Pebbles wouldn't tell them where the money was going. Oh, man. So they were like, we're going to the chief. We're going straight to the top to find out where our money is. <laughs> and left eye met some girls in the diversion center mm -hmm. while she was in trouble. They took the three of them up there with them, had two stand guard outside, <laughs> one in the room, and they held Clive Davis hostage until they got the answers they wanted. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, they showed this in the movie and people didn't believe it happened, but it's a true story, apparently. Yeah, we can't find the movie. Yeah, I really want to see it because Kiki Palmer's in it. And you know, I love Kiki Palmer. Yes. And of course, <laughs> Left Eye is being played by Lil Mama. And just me thinking about that cracks me up. Yes, it's like that meme of what's her name? I would like to see that. Um, What's her name? I just forgot. Monique. Yes, Monique. Yes, I would like to see it. So basically, Candy and Tiny probably made more money off of No Scrubs than they made off of their career. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they did. Since they got paid twice when uh, old Redhead had to pay them for that too. <laughs> So mentioning No Scrubs, that's another one that went number one. Uh, yeah. Unpretty ended up going number one as well. Mm -hmm. But I found a, a few songs that were offered to them for the album that they turned down that ended up being hits for other people. Okay. Check this one out. Where My Girls At? They turned that down. I could have seen them singing that. Heartbreak Hotel by Whitney Houston. Hmm. Turned that one down too. Hit Me Baby One More Time. 
turn that one down because it had baby in it and they had already done baby, baby, baby. Ah, come on. (laughs) (laughs) They couldn't just change it to hit me one more time. (laughs) I guess it's not the same, I suppose. And now that you think about it, that's why Britney is singing so low trying to mimic T-Bot. Yes. Hmm, that makes sense. It does. Now that you know it. Yes. (laughs) And I didn't until earlier today. It's interesting that you mentioned that song too, being that it became such a huge pop hit for Britney. This album felt very pop. Aside from um, Silly Ho, which is my favorite <laughs> off of this album. It is. And No <laughs> Scrubs. it's a great song. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Silly Ho and No Scrubs. Everything else was like, wow, yeah, this is for a different audience. I didn't think it was that bad, but it's just very dated. Well, like everything, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. we're talking about the future. We're coming up yeah. on the year 2000. So right. a lot of stuff like that really didn't hold up. Well, I, it's not necessarily a bad album, but like I said, it felt very much like, oh, we are pop stars now. Album. Right. This is not the same group that was wearing condoms in their clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe they were personality wise outside of the studio. Right. But the sound of this album is very much, we're the biggest girl group of all time. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it was meant for a quote unquote wider audience. Yes. (laughs) Now, did you say whiter or wider? I said wider, but you can take it any way you want. (laughs) I know. I heard you. I just want to be an ass. Uh, The the crime was there, so I took it. If the shoe fits. (laughs) Well... This album also birthed one of my favorite songs of all time. After No Scrubs came out, you had No Pigeons by the Sporty Thieves, which is one of my no favorite pigeons songs. No Pigeons sounds like sour grapes, though. It Even was. though I, I like the song because I think it's hilarious and it's catchy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nada. No, see, you, that's oh, wait, the wait, wrong no, song. See, that's I'm, Cheapskate. Cheapskate, yes, I forgot. And then they was like, oh, well, since we're the king of the dusty men. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, No Pigeons is much better. Oh boy, uh, I think Cheaps- crooning with his Tims on. <laughs> I think Cheapskate was catchier. But see, they shouldn't have done that though, because then they end up, no pun intended, pigeonholing some themselves. <laughs> they did. <laughs> they did. And like I said, it just sounds like hit dogs holler. Hey, it was funny. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> it was funny though, <laughs> which started what would have been a Twitter war if we had Twitter at the time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So before we move on to the next album, 3D, I wanted to mention some more Lisa Left Eye Lopez antics. Okay. So after not being, you know, used as well as she thought she should have on this album and the one before it, she decided that she was going to put an ad in a magazine okay, and challenge T-Buys in Chile and Dallas, Austin. And I'm going to read it to you. Okay. This is what she had printed. I ch- <laughs> I can't even get it out because she calling them both player haters. <laughs> I challenged T.I. Player Watkins and Rosanda Hater Thomas to an album entitled The Challenge, a three CD set that contains three solo albums. Oh, man. Each will be due to the record label by October 1st, 2000. I also challenged Dallas the Manipulator Austin. <laughs> to produce all of the material and do it at a fraction of his normal rate. As I think about it, I'm sure LaFace would not mind throwing in a $1.5 million prize for the win. (laughs) How can you not love that? I don't understand how I don't know or I don't remember (laughs) any of this. Oh, yeah. They were going back and forth in magazines. 
newspapers, TV interviews. I don't know. You know what? I think I had just started school. Okay. Because this is like 2000, 2001. Right? right. So this is after fan mail. No, this is before what? and during. During. Hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know how I missed all this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apparently she stopped showing up for events right. and acting out on stage, mm-hmm. going full Kanye a little bit. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, that's Lisa being Lisa, basically. Right. In the documentary, she talked about how she was supposed to go to one of these promo events and she decided to go to the Honduras again. Yeah. She loved going and her and her then boyfriend were playing Tarzan and Jane in the the rainforest and there's video (laughs) footage of it. And I was like, what? And that people had thought that she'd gone missing and she was spotted like all over the world. And I was like, I don't remember (laughs) any of this. I do. I remember. And like I said, it's probably hell for them. Yeah. But on the outside looking in, I'm like, she is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. Claire Watkins and Hater Thomas. That's great. Yeah, I miss out on all of this. And then, like, she comes back. Like, hey, I brought cookies. Yeah, I'm back. (laughs) Let's record this album. Let's be friends again. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, let's move on to the the next album, 3D. Like you mentioned, one of her trips to the Honduras. Mm -hmm. It didn't go too well because she ended up having a car accident and passing away Mm -hmm. at the beginning of them recording this album. So the verses that are on it are kind of cobbled together from a solo album that she had done the year before and some solo stuff she was working on for Death Row. So she's really not on this album, but the the girl talk verse, you can tell that was done for this album. Mm -hmm. The other ones, they don't kind of fit the beats that they're on. So you can tell which ones were tacked on at the end. I actually never heard this album. I think I at least heard Girl Talk. I believe that was like their lead single, right? I don't know. I believe it was the first single. Yeah, it sounds familiar, but more so the title than the actual song sounds familiar because I was like, Girl Talk. I'm pretty sure I've heard that. And then I listened to it. I was like, maybe? I don't know. But yeah, I don't know this album at all. I thought I didn't. Mm-hmm. Until I started listening to it and there was a uh, a song produced by the Neptunes on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I know this song. And not only do I know it, I know like all the words to it. Oh, and it wasn't a single. OK, it was uh, <laughs> in your arms tonight because mm-hmm. I'm sitting here listening to it and I'm like, I'm getting to points in the song before <laughs> they even sing it. Right. And it's like peak Neptunes, too. Right. So I definitely knew this album, but I guess I just forgot it pushed it out of my mind or something i don't know maybe you just heard that song on some mixtape or something because why would you know this one song so well (laughs) i can't figure that out i'm trying to figure it out (laughs) and it's not even a single it's not a single so that's why i figure i had to have had the album at some point because i know that song well yeah that's weird that you happen to know this album track really well (laughs) just one i do (laughs) (laughs) and it's probably my favorite tlc song thinking back on it like ever ever yeah okay i'm gonna have to pull this up (laughs) because i love the (laughs) neptunes and like i said it was peak neptunes this is when they were at their height so i'll go back and check it out all right so the last album that they did came out five years ago Mm -hmm. and it's just called tlc that one i definitely hadn't heard before until earlier today same what were your thoughts on it I mean, I don't even recognize it as TLC, honestly. Like, T-Boz has such a distinct voice. 
But even in this album, I don't know if it was the way it was mixed or the way she decided to sing. But like, if I just heard this song playing, I wouldn't have been like, is that TLC? I would just thought it was somebody singing. Yeah. There are a couple songs on it Uh that I'd say two of them, two, maybe three that kind of sound like the TLC that we know. Mm -hmm. But it kind of falls into what we mentioned about other acts that have taken a few years off and they come back after 10 years or so. Mm -hmm. And it's not the same. Yeah, it's not the same, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I don't know if maybe it's the time away that makes the change feel abrupt because you expect, I mean, it's not unusual for artists to change over years as they grow and maybe they have like new musical influences or whatnot, but it was just like, you're gone for a long time and you come back and it's completely different. Yeah, (laughs) I think it would have been different if they had been consistently making music and kind of transitioned into this over time but to be gone and then come back right and it's completely different outside of a couple songs it was a bit much for me yeah it wasn't bad but it wasn't what i expected from tlc right like if some other unnamed act had put this album out (laughs) i'd be like you know what this is cool Maybe, like you were saying, if you had told me it was somebody else, I might give it a chance. But I was listening to this. I'm like, this is TLC? (laughs) Exactly. Check the label. (laughs) So we don't have much to say about that album. Mm -mm. So I will ask you this, though, like you kind of mentioned earlier. What do you think their influence was on other acts that came out in the 90s, early 2000s that kind of followed them? Your SWV totals and black and 702s. When I think of these other girl groups, like I was saying, just because of their makeup, I don't think I see a direct influence just because girl groups generally aren't formed this way. Like I said, you got two lead singers and a rapper. Right. I'm sure that these acts that followed them were influenced by them or, you know, listened to them and stuff. So I feel like the influence was more of like maybe helping to open doors for more girl groups rather than direct musical influence. The closest obviously would be Black, but I mean, that's because (laughs) they were a total clone made by Left Eye. So. That was their intent. (laughs) Yeah. But I feel like their influence was more of just the existence of them. Yeah. Just being out there selling these records and making this music and, you know, being the 90s strong women. (laughs) Yeah. So with that said, are they the greatest girl group ever? And where do you rank them all time? I personally, for me, and I'm going to say for the 90s, for me, I would pick SWV over them okay i think maybe for me swv had just kind of stood the test of time a little bit better or i'm not even sure what it is or maybe it was just that turn after them having such big success that their music became more pop my interest just sort of waned although i do recognize that they were just huge whereas swv was always swv okay so for me personally i would pick swv as the best girl group of the 90s yeah i'm gonna say that swv being the greatest girl group is a hot take (laughs) of the 90s (laughs) but still who else i I have nothing i'm not jumping into this i am not jumping. okay so some people might say escape some people might say tlc jade had a couple songs but i don't think anybody's gonna go to well you know everyone has their fans 702 had their hits too but they weren't as big as these other ones 
Um, Destiny's Child, I mean, technically they came out in the 90s, but I think of Destiny's Child as a 2000s group. Like their first album squeaked in near the end of the yeah. 90s, but I consider them a 2000s group. But see, that wasn't the question. Mm-hmm. Are they the greatest girl group ever? <sighs> Not just the 90s. Yeah. Ever. I don't know. I can't make that. Okay, you're saying that me saying SWV in the, of the 90s is a hot take, and now you want me to say whether TLC is the best girl group of all time? That was the original question. <laughs> you decided to narrow it down to the 90s, and I asked, are they the greatest girl group ever? And you came out with the flaming Hot Cheetos <laughs> and said that it was SWV. And For I'm, me. I understand. I don't know. All right. I, I just wanted to ask. I'm going to say they're up there. Okay. <laughs> it's too hard to say best. And then you say best of all time, too. Yep. That's too hard. I'll allow it. Just trying <laughs> to put you on the spot. That's all. That's asking too much. That's your opinion and you're <laughs> entitled to it. <laughs> I'm not here to argue with it. So with that said. Oh, aren't you going to answer the question? No. Why? Because I don't want to. That ain't right. <laughs> go, go, Jason Waterfalls. Fine. I will say that they are the greatest girl group ever. Okay. And I'm putting that up against Destiny's Child. I'm putting that up against the Supremes. <laughs> All of it. From 1940s <laughs> through today, I'm going to say that TLC is the greatest girl group of all time. All right. Nobody hit those heights that, that they did. I actually thought that Destiny's Child, they got close, didn't they? They were close, mm-hmm. but solo Beyonce is like bigger than TLC. But I don't think that Destiny's Child, as when they were four or three, got to those heights. I thought they did with all that Survivor stuff. <laughs> yeah, they were big, but I don't think they hit the highs. They didn't of hit TLC. The, uh, the waterfalls, creep. Yeah, they probably had stuff on the level of creep and whatnot, yes. but waterfalls was something. And no complete. scrubs. That was just something completely different. Yeah. Waterfalls is one of the biggest songs ever. Yeah. Very few people have hit those heights. Right. So that's what I'm going with. All right. You got anything else you want to add before we tap out? Whenever you ask me that question, I feel like I have to have something. You don't have to. But I never have anything. You don't. <laughs> so maybe you should stop asking me. Maybe I will. I'll just interrupt you. Wait, wait, wait. I got one more thing. <laughs> if I ever have anything. <laughs> All right. So you can follow us on social media <laughs> at Troy Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. You can go to TroyPodcast.com to check out links to all the things that we talked about in this episode. We will link to some of the videos and interviews that we mentioned. You can also check out a playlist that we put together based on TLC for your spiritual and dancing enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think that's enough. We can just go I ahead and so. tap out They're now. probably not even listening anymore. Yeah, nobody's here. Well, I've checked out. Yeah. <laughs> If you are still listening, hit me up on Twitter and say, hey, at the end of that TLC episode, we made it to the end. We made it. (laughs) All right. We will talk to you guys again in two weeks. 